episode three. That's, that's where we're at. Number three. Number three, dropping game. Coming to you from the isolated, rugged terrain of the McDonald's car park. Good old Bathurst. <laughs> Guest today is Nick Kilby. That's me. <laughs> Both hunting extraordinaire. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but, you know. Oh, in my opinion, you are. Pretty much just a bow hunter. That's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why bow hunting? Why'd you get, why, why'd you go bow hunting? Um, well, sort of, re- to start hunting, like, sort of, it all goes back to when I first started hunting, and I started ferreting with a friend, like, with a mate of mine from school. And I thought, and I loved it. I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Then I remembered, oh, I'd shot them old stick and string, you know, them just cheap, nasty stick string bows at school. Did you ever shoot them? No, I never had them. Uh, We had them at school, and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I went, well, I could probably do that and hunt at the same time because I liked ferreting, and then um, I tried it, and then that was it. Just got, just got stuck with it. I just sort of got into it, yeah. Started out with one of them same stick and string cheap bows. And uh, the first arrow bounced off the animal. No <laughs> penetration at all. Snuck up, spent all day sneaking up to this goat. And then, you know, 10 metres lost his arrow. Just hit the goat, bounced off. The goat looked at the ground, at the arrow, and just kept walking. And I went, yeah, no. <laughs> Got upgraded. Yeah, got upgrades. I actually bought a proper bow then. So, yeah. But that's where it all started. Just, yeah, basically ferreting and like that. And then just went into bow hunting from there. Right. What's your bow set up? Uh, at the moment, I'm shooting a Hoyt Maxis 31. Um, it's set at about 70 pounds at the moment. Uh, with uh, Eastern Bloodline arrows. And I shoot Slick Trick. 100 grand Slick Trick broadheads at the moment. And that's just because that's the exact setup the bloke that taught me how to bow hunt had. And I saw it worked for him, and I went, yep, yeah, you know, that's what I want to do. So I just basically bought what he had, <laughs> copied him, and, and it's working, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got your deer head and the bloody ute next to us. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, I've got five deer this year. Yeah, smart ass. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going pretty good this year. I've only got one this year. Well, I cheated and got one with a rifle, so... That's because I sort of forced you to cheat with a rifle. Yeah, well, you know, somebody gives you the opportunity to go out and, and chase a red stag, well, you just take whatever they're going to let you use. So. Yeah. If they're going to let you cheat and use a rifle, you just use a rifle, so... I mean, a bit hard bow hunting conditions where we were. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty open country. But, I mean, as you can see from the places, like I bow hunt with the valet, you know, them places I took you to. Yeah this year i mean one of them's really good lots of cover and the other one is open country and you got no hope of stalking them in the open oh yeah that black one that chocolate one mm, big chocolate fella big scarred up <clears throat> chocolate one yeah twice there was a smaller one yep tried to stalk in on him yep he came back started talking shit and look up on the hill he's one He's a bigger fella coming down the hill. Yeah, that's it. Well, just goes to show, when you think it's all over, like you think, yeah, no, that's it, the deer are done for the day. And I mean, what was that? It was 10.30, 11 o'clock, something like yeah. that. It's getting late and we think, no, no, day's over, that's it, done. And now it's not. 
when you think it's over, it's never over. Oh, yeah. It uh, catches you off guard each time. Well, that's it. Especially during the rut. They're, they're moving around all day. They're running around all day. Oh, yeah. I've never realised how much they move to try to get one for the bow. Yeah, that's it. So, it's a completely different ball game from bow to rifle. Oh, yeah. Completely different ball game. Yeah, big difference between 100 metres and 20 metres. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I learned that very quick. Yes. Very different ball game. But, uh, you know, it works for people. Some people, you know, I don't think, you know, be, it'd be very well suited to bow hunting. Um, you know, because you've got to have a lot of patience and that there. But for other people, you know, if you can get out and give it a go, and it's, I think it's a lot more physically demanding because mm. of the bow hunting, because you have to work for it. You've got to... You know, you can't just see the deer on top of the hill and go, oh, well, I can shoot it from here. you got to get up that hill. Yeah. Chances are the deer's not still going to be sitting there in that same spot when you get up there. But, um, you know, if you can do it, why not? I think I stalked the same deer twice. He's in the exact same spot, exact same bloody hill. Yep. Trying to stalk in on him and he always get always get in the bow range, but he always just moves a little bit more forward and mm. all those bloody does around him. Yep. Same spot, they're, they're creatures of habits, you know, they sort of, they do, you know, they're pretty consistent in what they're doing, but then in that, again, deer will do what deer want to do. Hmm. You know, they may be feeding right up to you, you watch them for two, three hours and they're feeding up to you, then all of a sudden they just turn around and feed the other way. Yep. And they just do what they want to do, so. Yeah. Uh, this year was my first year properly hunting for Hello and God, it was fun. It's just like I've never never heard, been around when they're croaking. Yep. Like I did, did experience a little bit last year with Adam. Yep. But like this year, like it was just full on. Mm. And it was just great from start to finish. Oh, it's an experience. It's an experience. And they, they're aggressive. They're oh, all angry yeah. deer. They are angry. They want to fight everything. They don't care what it is. They just want to fight. Oh, yeah, buddy. All the buddy scarring on the necks and shit, buddy. Prove yeah. that. Yeah. Like I've never seen that sort of damage on a, on a red deer. No. Nah. No, they're, they're aggressive. They're an aggressive deer. And, I mean, that works for you too. Mm. Because they're so aggressive, if you rattle, they, they'll come in. Oh, I've seen that I've yeah. seen that happen. You know, that's it. They want to fight. They want to come in. They want to show they're the boss. And they want to fight. And it, it works for you. If you can make it work for you, you know, do it. Mm. Because it, it, it works. So use what you can. That, the buckwheat that you got me onto... I wasn't ready for that. Was that your first buck? That was, that was my first fellow buck. First one you got with the arrow, yeah. Well, first one ever. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't, I thought it was just your first bow shot. No. Buck. Oh, I, 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 I never got a, I've never got a buck before. Oh. Yeah, so that's pretty good, your first season. It took yeah. me about probably five years so, to get my first buck. Yeah, it took me five. But I was, I mean, I'm bow hunting, like, yeah. fallow deer all the time. <laughs> I, I was out chasing them all the time, and I thought I was doing everything right, and and you know, and then, uh, but it's like once you get your first one, it just clicks, and you start getting them better and better and better, and you start to sort of know what you can get away with. Hmm. You know what you can get away with. You know what you can do. You know what they're going to do. So, but once you can do that, you know the deer start dropping. Yeah. You start getting better. And then you turn into 
a trophy hunter and you got to, and then you want something bigger. So you go out every rut and you want a big deer, you want big antlers. Everybody wants big antlers. You get a big antler. Then the next year you got to beat it again and beat it again and beat it again and beat it again. Yep. I'm having trouble trying to do that with me red sacks. I sort of got to bring the good one right off the bat. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, that's it. Then you got to hunt those harder, harder places where the big boys hold up. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they don't want to die. That's the thing. The animals, yeah. they don't want to die. <laughs> you know, so they're going to do everything they can to increase their chances. If they can sit up in that back scrub where nobody's going to touch them, that's where they'll go. Yeah. And they don't get big by being dumb. Oh, no. That's the thing. They're, they're not big by being stupid. You see all these deer, you know, a lot of people take deer and you see a lot of them. And they're only young, you know, they're four or five-year-old deer. And that's just because they're not... You know, they haven't been hunted hard enough yet that they, you know, they're switched on. Like, well, you saw that fallow buck that I said I'd been chasing for like a month. Yeah. Croaking his head off, just making noise. Every time I'd rattle him, he'd just croak harder. I'd croak at him, he'd croak harder. Doe call, he'd croak harder. But he would not come down the hill. He wouldn't come in. He wouldn't come down to where we were. Just wouldn't do it. No. Now, just big, old, smart deer that just knows, you know, he's not going to come down to, to where he is, that he'll make them come to him. And they sit out in the open paddock, middle of an open paddock doing that, and you've got no hope of getting to them. So. Yeah. Is the one that you got this year the biggest yet? Yeah, yeah, the biggest the biggest fellow buck I got this year was, um, it was that one in my ute. Um, and he's the biggest by far. I mean, I got so I've ta- I took a spiker to start with because I always always believe that as soon as the season opens, just try and get a deer, you know, a spiker, doe, young buck. Just get what you can get on the ground. Get your confidence up because I, I, you know about eighty percent of it is confidence. If you don't believe that arrow is going to go where you want it to go and you don't believe you're going to be able to do everything right in that situation, like if you can't do that on a doe or a spiker, how are you going to do it on a big buck? So, you know, I, I took that spiker and then I took a slightly bigger buck. I took him at, at 10 metres. I think that was a week before I took you out. I took him on the Saturday morning at about 10 metres. Two days later, I then took my next buck who i thought was the biggest i'd ever gotten i thought oh this buck's incredible he's huge nice big chocolate buck he'd just been blowing with another buck beat him blued with another one straight away beat him and i managed to get in and arrow him at maybe 15 meters and i thought yep that's the biggest buck i've got i won't get any bigger than that this year and then bang two days later go out with another mate out to one of his properties to um to get him a big deer and uh, lo and behold, I shot the biggest buck I've ever shot in my life. <laughs> and he was fighting the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. So, um, and I mean, I arrowed him at four metres. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, they, he was fighting, that my fellow big middle buck, fighting this big chocolate, monster chocolate buck. And they're just blowing. They're going at it. We're hearing them going about 20 minutes. They're just going at it. You can hear it. We were probably, oh about a K away and we're hearing these bucks blowing and that just lets you know how hard they're going when you can hear it that distance away and they're going and they've got to be maybe probably 10 15 does about 15 meters 20 meters the other side of them just watching 
they're watching these two boys blowing. My friend and I get in, we get right in close, and he's, he's saying to me, oh, you know, we can, we can, you know, we'll do what everybody else does and we'll shoot these two. We'll get both of them while they're fighting. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, yeah, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Get in, get in, get in. We're getting in, getting the arrow ready. I draw back. I get down where I can see, and I draw back. And, you know, I'm just paying attention to what I've got to do. And I thought he'd drew, drawn back as well, and I just said, Minnell. And, uh, and and I said, Minnell, and then waited about two, three seconds, and then I, I released the arrow. And I thought he was doing the same thing. Apparently, yeah, then it turns out he didn't. My arrow zipped straight through this deer. I've taken out one lung, the front of the offside lung, and these deer are just taken off. You know, they're not still fighting. They're just taken off, and they're running. And, uh, and, yeah, so then that was my biggest deer I've ever got. And he was an absolute horse of a deer. Like, this thing was huge. Big body, big old mature deer. And I got him on the ground. And then, I mean, even with that lung and offside shoulder, um, you know, I've taken this lung, offside lung in the front of it, and it's punched straight through that other shoulder, and he still went a good distance before I recovered him. And that just goes, and he was pouring out blood every step, just blood, massive blood loss. You know, the broadhead did a perfect job, couldn't get much better than a shot that I've done on him, and he still went a long way, and I still had to blood trail for a long, long way to recover that deer. It just goes to show how big he was. I mean, he lost a lot of blood, just goes to show how big these animals are and how you've got to make that shot placement right. So if I hit him anywhere else... I wouldn't have got that deer back. Right. You know, like it just goes to show how much, you know, you got to get that arrow perfect. you got to get it where it needs to go. Well, that's it. Because they're a big animal and they're, you know, rolled up animal during the rut. they got all these testosterone, all these hormones going and they'll just keep going. You won't pull them up. Mm. Well, my back, it got that happen quick. Mm. I can't, like, I remember drawing back. Yep. And I remember deciding I couldn't, I decided to use the 20 yard pin even though he was at 10 because I didn't know he was at 10. Yep. And it's just, I don't even remember squeezing off, I just remember, tunk, yep. and he's just, just gone and. Yep. Just straight in auto, man, just did what you had. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened quick too. Yeah. Like, that happened quick. Yeah, we'd gone to that spot, no deer around. Well, you spooked one off. Yeah, spooked that buck down. He went down further. And then, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, and rattled. And we even rattled for a while. Like, we were rattling for a little while before he came up. And he was just in the, you know, there's just the valley just in front of us. And we just seen those antlers, just antlers poking up as he's walking up that valley. Oh, well, he, he, uh, he, he's from I didn't. I was probably looking over his shoulder. <laughs> you probably first saw him when you just shot him, so... Yeah, he said, pretty close. I said, oh, this is near right here. So, okay. I'm looking over the hill trying to think. He said, no, he's right here. Mm. And you're laying back because you think I'm going to have to shoot over the top of you. That's it. Well, I didn't want to get an arrow through. <laughs> so, so, but no, he uh, came in front of us instead. Yeah, yeah. He just came, just came straight in front. And then, uh, you know, you arrowed him. And then, you know, you, you've arrowed him. And not probably half hour later, two bigger deer. Oh, yeah, while I was keeping my deer out, I gave you the camera. Yep, and I went over the hill and two big deer running around croaking their heads off. Yeah. So, 
whoever's listening to this, if you look at the logo for the podcast, you can see in the top left corner, you see one of those, D. Which one's that one? The, the oh, was one, one, one of them's croaking. It might be the one. Oh, the croaking one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have it up. <laughs> uh, croaking, do Yeah. yeah oh, well, they, they were great photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they were, um, like, you know, good quality deer. And they're just on a place like that property doesn't get touched. Mm. Nobody ever goes there. I'm the only one that hunts it. I only bow hunt it. I only take a few deer a year. And I'd never actually taken anybody there before this year. So you and Adam were the first people that I've ever taken there to hunt there. And, I mean, I've hunted that place exclusively for probably six years now, six, maybe seven years now, exclusively just hunted it. So the first, yeah, it's the first time in sort of seven years it's ever had anybody else hunt it. And and you can see that in the amount of animals that are there. Like, it's just... Full of deer. There is just deer everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's deer, and they're just yeah. everywhere. And that was like every day we went out, like it was just mm. something different. What happened? Like every bit was good. Yeah. I just, that, had yeah. that young young button buck buddy come up behind us and try to get a selfie with it. Well, that's it. You know, we're sitting on the ground. You, you know, we're even sitting on the ground having a chat. We're talking. You know, we're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we've we've gone pretty good. You know, we've bumped a few deer out of this area, so it's fine to have a chat. And then we turn around and there's a deer, you know, you know, no distance behind us. He's right up behind us. Yeah. Yeah, and we're still talking and he's still just looking at us. Yeah, yeah like, just like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, he's just, he's a young deer, immature deer. They're curious. Mm. Deer are really curious animals. You know, like, they see something a bit different. They want to know what it is, you know, and he wasn't at that stage yet where where everything's danger. Yeah. You know, so he saw us, we're lying on the ground. He can't quite work out what we are. So, you know, he's trying to work out. Even when, when he spooked, you know, he spooked a little, little distance way and he stopped. Stopped, turned around, looked again, trying to work out what we are before he takes off. Yeah. So... You know, like, yeah, if you, if you want to take a deer, you know, you're going to get lots of opportunities because, you know, if, and if you're not, if, if you're not concerned with getting a big trophy, I mean, it's fine to take spikers. That's fine. And as long as you're not real, you know, as long as you're not culling them right out, you know, it's fine to take spikers. I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, no, you don't shoot spikers because they're your bucks. They're your growing up bucks. But, I mean, on a place like that, on the place like that where like numbers are good, yeah, like big bucks like are are in good number, yep. And if, if you just in your after meat animal, a spike is the way to go. Well, that's it. You know, big deer, big numbers, lots of bucks, and a lot of does. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I really on those properties, I need to start really targeting the does because there's so many does there, and and they're eating so much feed. And I mean, you got kangaroos there as well. There's a lot of kangaroos running around. And you can't, you, you can't do anything with the kangaroos because, you know, it's not my property. It's the owner's property, and, th- and they don't see a problem with the roos. So the only way I can really help to bring the, the quality up of the deer by increasing the feed is to target does. So bring the doe numbers down to have more feed around. Mm. They, don't, they don't run stock or anything yet? On they don't run stock. No, they don't run stock. On the big property, the, the, the bloke 
runs some sheep, but he's running at really quite low, low numbers for the size of the property. Like it's a massive property and really low numbers of sheep and he runs a few cattle. Right. You know, so there's still lots of feed around, but there's a lot of deer. Yeah, so one of the DSE rate is with the deer there. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So, um, but you know, while while the property stays good, mm. you know, I just keep hunting it, and they're happy. Like the owners are happy. You know, I've, I've got a good trust going with them. They're happy that I've come there. I mean, I've been hunting those properties for years now. And that's the thing. That's why they're happy to let me take other people out. Because I've got a good rapport going with them. I ring them before I go out. When I get there, you know, as long as it's not five o'clock in the morning, I go to their door and I say hello, have a chat, go for my hunt. When I'm leaving, same thing, I have a chat to the landowner. You know, it's good to keep, you know, that conversation going with them. And it's also a safety thing. Mm. You know, if it's, it gets to 10 o'clock at night and they go, oh, you know, Nick hasn't come back yet. Well, at least then I've got somebody that's going to come have a look for me. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. So, um, yeah, you keep your landowners happy and they'll look after you. That's yeah. the thing. So. Yeah, that's the way to go. Mm. The red deer hunt that I took you on. Yep. That was, I started off quite low. Yeah, I was getting pretty disheartened after that first. <laughs> first property we went to. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I don't think this is meant to be. <laughs> I think I, and, like, I saw a stag there, like, a couple of days before, I said, no, nope, there's a stag there, I'm going to leave this place alone, yeah. put no pressure on whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't know that the people that owned the place came up the night before and that they let the kids go warring around down around the creek and buddy sent up the whole place. Mm. Yeah. I didn't find out out till, like, till that weekend. Mm. Yeah. And I said, oh, We'll go to the other yeah. place then. That was it. It was gone. I think we heard one little roar down down in a neighbouring property. Yeah. And that was it. That's all we heard. And I said, no, nah, it's not likely to happen. Mm. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll go down to this other place. We might see something there. I wasn't expecting to see anything there because we helped another fella get a stake there a week before. Mm. We go to this other place. Found deer. Mm. But at the point, it was, there was that really weird... Stag. Yeah, no, no antlers, no antlers on him. Yeah, like wee button or Yeah, I'd never seen another end. But he wasn't a spiker though. He wasn't. No, you know, he wasn't young. He was an old, you know, really old mature animal. You could see it in him. He yeah, really. still by the the build of the body and yeah, and he was roaring his head off. Yeah, yeah. So he's roaring his head off. He's got no antlers. So if somebody wants to come up and blue with him, he's got really nothing to. No, he's got nothing to back him up. Nothing to back him up, and he was still roaring and, and still holding all those hinds. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, his first leg's going to be this shit thing. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, red deer's a deer. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I was happy to, to get whatever I could get. Uh, I sort of buddy built, built up this great reputation for me, says, oh, you'll, you'll get a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I saw all yours, and I saw photos of... Of stags that people are taking on your place, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to get a monster. This thing's going to be huge. And then, um, and then saw him and thought, oh, oh no. But then it happened quickly too. Yeah, we looked up over here. Here's two stags blowing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh shit, righto. So yeah. righto, we'll, we'll make a plan to go for one of those. Yeah. Heard a roar on the hill next to them. 
I saw an even bigger one. Yeah. Big, thick, thick scrub. Yeah, and I could just only got in glimpses of him, but knew he was big. Mm. Yeah, we'll go for him. Yeah, that's it. And then went down and uh, got down across the creek and started coming up the other side, and then they straight in front of us. Yeah. I thought all the hinds ran around us, and I thought, oh, shit, what's going on here? Yep. And then he comes charging right as I hit the deck and dropped the camera. Yep. And he stood there for, for a while. Mm. Perfectly broadside. I'm thinking you're gonna shoot. Well, I see. I, I can only see the top of the spine and the head, and I thought, well, I don't want to take that shot. So, yeah. Well, if I had it from my where I was, I had a clear shot, but I think you had a log in your way. Yeah. Yeah. You I had a log and a bit of a bit of a, a bench sort of in the way there. Yeah. Right. So I sort of couldn't really take a shot, and um, and you know, I was pretty sort of, I was a little bit nervous because I'd heard, you know. You're saying to him, you know, even you, you get that perfect heart shot, you know, just put a couple into him just to make just, sure. Just for safety. Just for safety. And that sort of got me really nervous. I was <laughs> thinking, how much can these deer take? Like, how much of the pounding can they take? I mean, I'm using a rifle. Yeah, you're using me Seiko Grizzly 3006. Yeah. Quantity white tails mm. was what you were shooting. So, you know, it's not, not a small gun, you know, it's... it's it's, you know, a good size rifle for a red stag. And, um, and then, yeah, sort of, I mean, at that foot, closer distance, I mean, I probably could have, if I had a good a shot, I, I could have put an arrow through it. Oh, yeah. If I had the bow. But, um, you know, then that didn't happen. And then, uh, of course, he turned around, started going up the hill, and I, I sort of made a quick dash, you know, 10 metres to a, a log that I could rest on and, and managed to put the scope on him and, and take the shot. And, I mean, it was just drove him. Mm. I don't think you could get much better of a shot than, than I put on him. Oh, yeah, no, it was spot on perfect. Yeah, but, um, you know, so I put that big shot on him and he's turned turned back to the left at the shot. And, uh, and then I'm nervous. I'm reloading. I'm trying to get another, another you know, bullet into him. And I'm reloading and then I can't see him. And oh. I couldn't see him. And because of that, I thought, oh, no, you know, I've lost him. I've blown this. Cody's never taken me out again. <laughs> He won't even. He probably won't even talk to me again. He go, no, nah, no, nah, you blew it. You know, you didn't put, you know, a few shots into him. And then, and then, lo and behold, he was already on the ground. Yeah, I go, I watched him fucking run a little bit. Then he just sort of stumbled, then dropped. Yep. You know, and I didn't see any of that. He's sort of, he's, he's in a bit of over the over the, the side of the little little. Um, you know, I'm on a little rise, and he's up on the hill, just the other side of it. And. Um, and then, yeah, just couldn't see where he went. And then you're saying, oh, he's in the ground. And I'm like, where, 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 where? I couldn't <laughs> see him. You know, I'd seen all these videos of antlers poking up out of the grass. And that's what I'm looking for, these big antlers poking. I couldn't see him. I couldn't see the antlers poking out of the grass. I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 I've lost this beautiful stag. And, um, and then, lo and behold, he was right there. Yeah. Um, you know, and he hadn't even gone. Like, he had not gone that far. Oh, no, probably not. At all. 60. Yeah. You know, and just dropped, so... But, um, yeah, you know, like, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was shaking. Oh, I everything. Had to, I had to take the gun off you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I was fine at the shot. I was calm and relaxed and everything. And then, yeah, after the shot, when I realised that that animal was on the ground, you know, then it all hit me and I'm shaking and I just couldn't. And, you know, I was, oh, you know, and, and, and that's the way, I, you know, I haven't had that feeling since that first deer, my first, very first fallow deer that I, I got on the ground. And, uh, and I was exactly the same. I was just, I was fine at the shot and then just, 
good and keep it together afterwards. <laughs> you know, you just get so excited and you're just shaking and you just can't believe it. I, I thought you had Parkinson's. Well, <laughs> I had all the conditions for it, so, um, you know, you get that heart pumping, oh, yeah. and it just, you know, it does that to you, so, so it, you know, it's just the way it is, but I think that's why we do it, too. Oh, yeah. We do it, so we get that feeling, you know, we, we crave that feeling, and you sort of, you know, you sort of become a bit hooked to it, and you're, yeah. you're chasing that, you're chasing that, that feeling of just, you know, in that moment, like, it's, it's complete freedom. Like, it really is, it's freedom, because there's nothing, there's nothing else in the world, there's nothing anywhere, it's just that animal and yourself, and that's it. Yeah, taking you out, and I took another friend out, like, just the pure excitement, like, like that you two had, mm. like, hearing the rules and yep. get, getting your, your stags on the deck, like, you, you can't, there's nothing that can compare to... And you try to explain it like, oh, you just seen how happy these guys were, and I was like, they, they just shot a deer, like, what, what of it? Mm. So they, you don't get it. You don't yeah, get how, yeah. how, how, how magical that was. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you put so much work into it, like you, you're working for it, and and you know, it, it, it costs. You, the thing is, like, it, it costs you money as well because you're you're paying to drive out to scout these places, you know, and you got to feed yourself while you're out, and you're doing everything, you know. So you're investing all this time and money and everything into it, and to finally get that animal on the ground, you know, and it just all pays off, and it's just, you know, I mean, you probably noticed yourself. Um, you know, you're happy just to even take other people. Oh, you're yeah. happy for them to get the animal. You know, you you take a lot of animals yourself, and then you sort of get to the point where, you know, like you're happy to keep taking them, but but even seeing other people, you know, and you take other people out, you have no intention of shooting something yourself, but you just take them out strictly for them to get something. And, and as soon as they get the animal on the ground, then you're happy. Oh, yeah. You know, you're as happy as you would be if you got it because, you know, you've helped them complete a dream of what they wanted to do. Yeah. I was stressing. I was frigging, I could tell you're a little bit stressed and you're a little bit, yeah, a little bit upset when we got to the first property and there was no deer. Yeah, oh, I was feeling <laughs> Oh, I couldn't believe that. I was thinking, oh, yeah, no, there'll be deer everywhere. Oh, there's deer everywhere. Cody, like, no, yeah, no, there's deer everywhere. There's deer everywhere. And then get there with no deer. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, yeah, buddy, I took photos, yeah, this is what we're going to go for. Mm. Yeah, he's not there. Oh, fuck. No, it is. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's sort of, you know, you see all these animals and, and you get to know where they are and then and you sort of build yourself up for it. Yeah. You know, you're like, yep, 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 you know, the deer are going to be there. I mean, I have the same place with my fellow properties. Mm. I get there, I always see deer. I've never been to them and not seen, you know, a dozen deer. But that's the thing, every time, and then when you take somebody there, you're always thinking, you know, is this going to be the day where I don't see anything? Yeah. Because you, you see everything and you build it up and you say, oh, yeah, I've seen all these deer and, oh, yeah, they're all hanging around this dam at this time and they're all doing this and they're doing that. And then you think when you get out there, are they still going to be there? Because they might not be there. Yeah. Oh, I had Yvonne and Kimmy come out with me last week. Yep. And I said, oh, I sent them photos. Like, I saw a good 10-point stag. I said, oh, yeah, Kimmy's never shot a red deer before. This would be good for her. Yeah, yep, yep. So, oh, yeah, no, you got... These guys, I'll send them photos all week. Said, yeah, well, I've kept an eye on them. They're going to be here. I get there and like, oh, shit, there's nothing around. Mm. We did, we found some hinds. Yep. And, but all that, the, the stag wasn't there. Oh, okay, yep. So he disappeared. But she, like, was so excited just to see red hind. Mm. 
I think we, and I managed to get him within 75 metres of one. Yep. Quite excellent. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Well, that's a good effort anyway, like, you know. Yeah, like, she's like, and she's like, she fist bumping, like, she was so mm. pumped. And everybody, the problem was it was just too open. Yeah, yeah. And the, the and was, she was an old hind that locked on to us. Mm. And she was barking, but, like, she was just so excited to be barked at yep. by a hind. And, yeah, yeah. And it was a wet day, like, mm. conditions were miserable, like, everything was against us, but they, like, they had a great morning. Yeah. That's it. I mean, even just seeing a deer. Yeah. You, know, you get it. Like, too many people get upset because they don't, you know, they don't get that big trophy. They don't get that big deer. You know, oh, I went out and I spent all, all the rut and I went out and I'm chasing this deer and every day I'm doing this and I'm doing everything right and it's just not working. But, I mean, you're seeing deer. Yeah. If, you, if you're seeing deer, that's you better know, than, like, spending the whole rut and not get eyes yeah away. i mean if you get out and you can see a deer well i mean that that's a that's that's a tick right there yeah you got to see a deer to take a deer and i mean there's a lot of people that don't have access oh yeah they don't have access to these properties that you know you know like you're you know you've got these properties with good deer numbers good red deer running out all the time i've got good places with goats and pigs and fallow and everything and people just don't have that yeah, you know, people are having a hunt, hunting state forest. I mean, nothing against state forests. I mean, I think they're a brilliant thing, brilliant idea. You know, let people get out and, and chase, you know, animals, and you know, sort of doing a service. You know, trying to control the numbers and that. But I mean, you know, I used to hunt state forest. Oh yeah. I mean, that's all I hunted when I first got into hunting. I get out. Uh, I, like, I had my goat properties. Like, I married, you know, my wife's parents owned these, you know, good-sized property with goats on it. And I was always hunting goats, but then when I, I wanted to start chasing deer, all I had was state forest. Yeah. So you get out, and I'd hunt forest, and I'd hunt and hunt and hunt, and I was hunting a forest actually out near your place, <laughs> and I was hunting there all the time, and I had trail cameras set up and everything, and I'm hunting my hardest, and, and I hunted that forest really hard for you know maybe two years all the time and i never took a deer out of it <laughs> i never got a deer and i had one shot opportunity on a deer oh shit and i blew it and that was it and i mean it's not it's there were deer in there and that's the thing but i mean they, you get a lot of people hunting them and it puts the pressure on them yeah you know yeah public public land hunting is hard yeah Oh, it's it's so hard. It's yeah. Like my my quest to get me first fellow buck. I was hunting both private and both public land. Like, yep. and the best opportunity I had at one was on public land mm. without them. And yep. there were two bucks that were like, as far as public land deer go, like these things were were giants. Mm. Yep. And buck fever got the best of me. Yep. <laughs> Try to shoot off the shadow of a hundred meters. Oh, gee. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Oh. You know, like, you get into that, and, and they don't, you don't get those that many opportunities on public land. Oh, no. And as I said, public land is brilliant. I mean, you go you go south, you go around the Tumbarumba area, and there is fallow deer, you know, there's really good numbers. You know, they're sort of the high, highest numbers you see in any sort of area in the state forest down there. And... If you can hunt those areas, well, it, it, that increases your chances. But, I mean, you know, around here in the Central West, you know, I mean, we've got good deer numbers running around, but nothing like down there. And, I mean, you're putting in all this 
is time. I mean, if you're a bow hunter, and I mean they've they've taken trees. You can't use the tree stand in a state forest anymore. Yeah, they, they've only changed that in the last year or so, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, and that's that's all I hunted out of was tree stands. I just hunted out of tree stands because I just didn't have the skills to hunt on the ground. And now you can't do it. Mm. Can't hunt out of a stand anymore. And I mean, that really puts, it makes it harder for bow hunters. Mm. Really, really impacts bow hunters, and it makes it harder for them because, you know, often I mean, with a rifle, I mean, you're hunting. And if you bump a deer, I mean, you've, you've probably seen heaps, you know, deer that do, they'll run and they stop and look back. Oh, yeah. And if you've got a rifle, that's your chance. You know, yeah. if you know to take the opportunity, you'll get that deer. But, I mean, you've got no hope with doing that with a bow because they, they're stopping 80 metres away and looking. Yeah. You know, so it just makes it, you know, hard. And, I mean, anybody that, people that can pull deer from public land with a, you know, essentially stick and string, friggin', you know, they, you know, it doesn't matter what size it is, you know, friggin', I'll take my hat off to them because I, I couldn't do it. Nah, it's, mm. it's hard. Oh, it's, it's really hard. Especially like, especially with Central West, it's, it's not that far from Sydney, so you've got that extra pressure from, yeah, city hunters. Well, that's it, you got a lot of people from Sydney coming up, you got, you know, Everything's getting centred up. You can't pattern the deer because they're always changing and they've always got to change what they're doing. Um, you know, I mean, I had a really interesting experience out in that forest and that was actually my wife had just had my son, my oldest son, and it was just, you know, I was just still learning a lot about deer hunting and I had a trail camera up and we'd just gone out and changed the, the batteries in the camera and I just set it back up. And while I was doing that, my wife thought, oh, I'll just sit down and, and breastfeed the baby. And she sat down and did that. And then um, and I was thinking, oh, no, you know, you've, you've sat on the ground and you've scented this up. You know, the deer aren't going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to wait two weeks before I get a deer coming through this, you know, on this camera. Not half hour later, this fawn, you know, probably eight-month-old fawn came along, sniffed the ground, smelt the ground right where my wife was sitting, laid down, had a nap for 45 minutes. <laughs> so this deer's... You know, not half hour after we've left, the deer has had a nap right where my wife was sitting to feed the baby. Oh, what, what could have made anybody do that? I don't know. <laughs> and the only thing I can really think is, um, like, maybe it's a hormone thing, you know, because deer are really governed by hormones. And maybe it's, you know, because my wife's breastfeeding the baby, maybe it's that sort of, that... You know that that scent or that smell or something that the fawn is sort of associating with a, like a motherly thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that, like that's the only thing I can I can think of. Yeah. You know, but I just couldn't believe that. I was oh. like, no, 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 the deer won't be anywhere near here now. And yet there was that that fawn, you know, eight month old fawn. I mean, yeah, granted it's a young deer. Yeah. But it's there sleeping. The exact spot my wife was just feeding the baby half hour ago. <laughs> so. I noticed there's a big difference in behaviour in valleys and reds. Yeah. Because I've, I've I've grown up hunting reds all my life. Mm. And of course, I, they've they're not. I don't think they're sort of used to being hunted yet. The reds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think like the way the way I, I like to see it is like the red deer. Well, I hunt them a bit like 
the elk in Yellowstone National Park. Yep. Uh, they're used to people and all that, but they haven't, and the, the reintroduction of wolves, yep. they haven't quite gotten used to, yeah, to being, being hunted by wolves yet. Yep, yep. So, like, red, red deer like, around here sort of, they're sort of like, they used to be farmed years ago, and, like, the farming yep. sort of died down and yep. died off, so they still haven't quite got the mindset of people like that, they can... You can you can drive past them. They will sort of look at you, go oh, yeah, right oh, and sort of yeah. run a little bit and stop. Mm. Wherever you see a wherever a fellow sees a vehicle or something, they just sort of lock eyes on you. Said nothing. They're gone. Like yeah, yep. Oh, they they don't stop to hang around. Like they're just yeah, yep. Like they've been used to being pressured on public land and hunted all the time that they just know that people are trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. They don't stick around. And I mean, I, like yeah, I, I noticed that myself this year. I mean, this year's really the first year that I sort of went out. And, I mean, you took me out in the raw, heard deer make, you know, heard stags roaring, seen them two fighting. I mean, we should have got that on camera. We really should have got that on camera. Yeah, I'm kicking myself over there. I had um, the camera there. Yeah, you know, like that was the first year really learning about red deer. I mean, I've hunted fallow for a long time now. And straight away, like, you know, you do, you notice the differences. I mean, those red deer, I mean, they're, they're, they're Ks. They're Ks away from cover, from the thick scrub. Yeah. I mean, a fallow don't do that. You don't see a fallow, you know, a K from cover. You know, they're, they're maybe 500 metres and, you know, quick dash and they're in cover. Like, they're, yeah. they're, you know, and those red deer, they're, they're miles away. I mean, that's when, you, when we first got there and you were looking out in these openings... I'm thinking, no, nah, there's going to be no red deer there. Especially it's like, what, 9 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, no, nah, no, nah, these deer are going to be right on the scrub line, you know. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, you know, I've hunted fallow deer. I know what I'm doing. No, no, no. Yeah, no, nah, Cody's got some deer, but no, nah, no, nah, these things will be on the scrub line. <laughs> and no, they weren't. They were miles away from the scrub line, you know. And, like, it's just, and, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've hunted fallow a lot. And, I mean, I also have, you know, I've got a paddock of fallow deer at my mother-in-law's. And, and I've watched them and I learned from them and that. And, yeah, they are nothing like red deer. They are nothing at all like red deer. Yeah. That's, that's... And I sort of caught off a bit of guard the, of, a de- of the size of a fallow deer. Yeah, they're a little deer. They're, um, yeah, they're little, you know. I mean, I, you think they're, like, they're a decent-sized deer. Oh, yeah. Like, you get it, you know, in comparison to a chittle, you know, they're a bit bigger than a chittle and that. Um, but, like, compared to a red deer, like, yeah, they are tiny. Yeah, I always considered red deer to be the biggest, baddest things getting around. Mm. Like, in terms of body size and antler. Yeah. Like that, the antlers are stunning. Mm. But when I got my first Samba stag, yep. I, when I walked up to the... That body, like the photos I got of it, don't do it any justice. Mm. Like it was just monstrously yep. big, just a tank of it here. Like the backstrap I got out of it yep. would have been equal to two backstraps I would, I would have get getting out of a red, I reckon. Oh wow! Like it was insanely, yep, just a big animal. Yeah, I like just, you know, considering where they live in that bloody rugged, steep mountain terrain. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, like they're just eating. Like, what are they eating? Like, I mean, well, well I was hunting. They had recently had, well, they had bushfires go through there years ago, so it's sort of semi-open. Oh, so like, that's like, so like the local farms around there don't have as much deer pressure on the farms there. Yep. 
because like it, it's like sort of nearly open up in the mm. in the bush. Yep. So like it's got, managed to have some like new growth come through when. Oh yeah. So they can stay in the, so, in the scrub. So they can stay in the scrub and spread browse and stuff inside. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like because they're all different too. Like like reds, samba, fallow. They're all different and they live. You know, your, your fallow and your samba. They're pretty similar and they'll just eat anything. Mm. I'll eat what's there. If, if there's bush there, they'll just eat bush. But then I noticed that with the reds. They want that good feed and they'll oh, yeah, travel. Like... They will travel for that feed. Yeah. If, if somebody's got a crop in, that's where they'll be. And they'll travel the distance for it. And they don't mind being way out in the open to get to it. Yeah. You know, they'll travel and they'll go the distance to get it. So, like, I don't know if it, maybe it's a nutritional thing. They just, they require the better nutrition or whether they, they just have the ability to to go the distance or, you know, hunting pressure, they're not getting pressured, so they do that or... I believe it'd be a, a combination of all those things. Mm. Opposed to nobody, bigger bodies, they sort of demand the... Yeah, need more feed, yeah. Yeah, whereas, I mean, fallow, they'll just be anywhere. Yeah. Fallow can be everywhere. Oh, yeah, they're, they're so widespread. yeah. And they're just spreading out, like fallow deer everywhere. Like we're seeing fallow deer now where we never saw them before. Mm, like I'm, get, I'm getting them at home. Yeah. Like I, I've never considered mm. even thought about seeing mm. fallow like deer coming to home until about Christmas a couple, like two years ago. Mm. I saw two yep. bucks in velvet just like a couple of hundred metres from the house. Yeah, yep. Yeah, see so that it sort of puts, you know, because you hear different, different stories and different people... I mean, I'm not 100% sure on, on on which way it is, but you hear people saying, oh, you know, you don't want your fallow where your red deer are because your fallow are, you know, they're so aggressive. You've seen how aggressive they are. And, and, and I've heard people saying, you know, oh, the fallow push the reds out. They push the reds. You know, the reds are a lot more docile, a lot calmer, and the fallow just being aggressive just push them push them out. I mean, I don't know how much of that's true, but... I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, yep. So it makes me think I'm in the buddy. Mm. Put wanted a poster up on every on all my properties. Yeah. Well, see, when I when I bought my well, I, I didn't actually buy it. I was given my first fallow buck, my first proper buck um, that I keep in a paddock, and he was actually on a red deer property. He was running with red stags, and I was horrified when I saw that. I thought, oh, those red deer will kill him. <laughs> you know, these things are twice the size of him. You know, massive bodies. Like he was a big fallow. And they are just massive, big red deer. And I thought, oh, they'll kill him. And and the owner is an uh, Austrian fellow. And he says, oh, no, 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 he's the boss. And I said, oh, what do you mean he's the boss? Like, they just smash him. He says, no, 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 he's the boss. He's got them all bluffed. And that's the thing. And he said, oh, I'll show you. And he threw out a bit of hay. All the reds came up. Fellow buck comes charging in. All the reds ran away. <laughs> they all ran away. And they all stood about 20 metres behind him while he's eating the hay. Bloody hell. Yeah, and he was the boss. And all I, and, and that sort of was making me think, well, maybe, you know, maybe there is something in this. Yeah, it's, it must be something there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not something you'd ever think. You know, like, you know, a fellow buck being, you know, the boss of these red stags. But, I mean, he was. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, I mean, that's the way you learn, too. Like, you know, you talk to people. Talk to, you know, people that have deer farms. I mean, they know so much. And I mean, a lot of people say, well, yeah, but they're farm deer. They're nothing like wild deer. Oh, no, no, you know, they're, they're a different, you know, they're a different animal, but they're not. Uh, the only difference would be is that they're better at 
fenced in. Yeah. Used to people being fed. Mm. That's probably the only difference. Yeah. But their basic instincts and, and, and hormone influences, it's all still there. And, I mean, if you can have a chat to them, I mean, they, they're a wealth of knowledge and they know, they know things. And, um, I mean, that's the same gentleman who actually has a Chittal Rusa hybrid. Yeah. Rusa? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, Riddle? Yeah, so the, the, uh, the hind was a Rusa. So it, it, he used to run Rusa, Chittal, Fallow and Red. And he got rid of all the rooster. He said, they were, oh, no, he, he hated the, the rooster. They were so aggressive, he, he got rid of them. But he kept some chittle that he, he got from Charter's Towers. And he got this hybrid, this rooster-chittle hybrid. And it looks exactly like a rooster, but it has the chittle spots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I never even thought they could breed. It's what. Well, is it possible because there's places up north where like you'll find chittle and rooster mobs? Hmm. But you don't really see. But you don't really see the hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. So whether whether this one can breed, you know, don't nobody, you know, don't really know because his chittle stag, you know, he lost one of his chittle stags and he only had one. And they get lazy. If they don't have competition, they don't breed. <laughs> I mean, I found that with my fellow. I had one bark, and they got lazy. Wouldn't breed. I had two years where I got no fawn. Shit. Yeah, because the buck's just lazy. And, and as soon as I got a spiker, bang, competition. Now I get fawns every year. Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of knowledge for people. Just uh, <laughs> My very limited knowledge. <laughs> limited knowledge. Limited knowledge. Yeah, no. Nah, well, I was in a... In the States, the, I was hunting with Ryan Bland, or not, non-typical outfitters. I'd kill as my whitetail outfitter. Yep. And he, owns a, he, he runs a deer farm as well, mm. as well as his um, like food plot business. And, yep, yep. Like, he runs like a whole bunch of stuff as well. But like, mm. then the outfitting part is like, just, a, just a side job. Like, just, mm. yep. just more, more or less a hobby that yep, he enjoys yep. doing. Mm. So with the – and what they do – is that they breed their white tails, not for venison or anything, for, for ga- game. Oh, trophy hunting. For, for trophy hunters. Oh, okay. Oh, that was, I think they, was, they sell their bucks to the state. And the oh, state has okay. game reserves. Yep, yep. And then like, people will pay, pay to go on the game reserves and hunt them. Mm. And from, from what I can tell, it's be people who own, own the big banks of Wall Street or something. They'll come yep. and hunt there, so it's like the real... Fancy dance, rich people that hunt it. Yep, yep. And they've got their own system, so they're breeding them purely for antler growth. Yep, yep. Oh, just for the trophy, trophy yep. potential. Yep. Yeah, that's what they breed them for. So does the money go into the state then, or? Oh, I'm not too sure. These are. I was so fascinated by their like their whole breeding process and yep. like how they go go through it. Mm. Like, if you were to move like sheep and cattle from a paddock, you get on the bike and you move them from the paddock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, that, with them, if they want to move them, they tranquilise all the deer. Yeah. And then drag them onto a trailer and then drive them that way. Oh, And then yeah. wake them all up to so they're not stressing them. Yep, yep. To avoid stressing them and all that. But, like, they've got their breeding that good. Yep. But the 
buck that I wanted to shoot, like a wild, a wild free-ranging whitetail buck. Yep. Which later I found out what they rated as a one one thirty buck. Yep. I think that's been in Crockett. Yep. Yep. So I bet mm, anything anything below one forty. Hmm. I'd get in a bit of trouble for. Oh, okay, so that's just their bucks they want to grow up to. Basically, like, yeah. they, they want to keep the, the quality of the, the deer hunting good. Yep. So, like, play spikers and things alone. Mm. Yep. They wanted me to get some, so I also had, had a dough tag in my pocket as well. Okay, yep, yep. So, so we, we want you to go home with something. Mm. In the end, I went home with tag soup. <laughs> I wake up every morning, I'll, I'll see the see the tag sitting on me dresser. Went, oh, I still got the tag. I still got the tag. Still got the tag. <laughs> Scrapbook them, <laughs> but you got the experience. Oh yeah, you know. But anyway, so like the buck I saw out in the wild that I thought was a shooter. Yep. And if he came in the bow range, I would have shot him. Mm. Well, they got they can like a first, a second year buck. Yep. Would be that good. Like one of their farmed ones would be that good. Oh wow! Yeah. So they yeah good genetics. Yeah, good genetics. Yep. And like, they went through and told me the whole story of like, of, of of like these famous breed of bucks yep and like it was all very interesting mm. it's just and like I and he's just very like he's just very good at what he does yep like he's just full of knowledge and mm. about his white tail deer farm and yep and when it come comes to his actual outfitting he he switched on on that too yeah so you can put the knowledge into it then yeah like so like he's got the knowledge of what you can see what the yep Farm deer do, then he said, Oh, you need, then he mm. goes on the noise of what he's learned from hunting the free ranging stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you would have noticed a difference between, say, your your red stag, so your red deer that you've hunted for a long time, and when you get over there, you notice a big difference. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, I've never hunted internationally really, but uh, you'd probably notice a big difference between white tail deer but it's white tail you're hunting white, yeah, yeah I was white hunting white tail. tail so you notice a big difference between white tail behaviour and, and say your red deer yeah yeah. I noticed when I was hunting white tail is that they were they were probably the most on edge most holy yep because like, they were like sort of like they were always on mm. edge all the time yep I was taking photos of my camera yep and they they could hear the lens moving oh, and they uh, they locked eyes on the blind I was I was in Yep. I, I was making sure I was making very subtle movements and whatnot. Mm. Like the, the path that they chose to go through, they were never going to come in the bow range. Yep. Like you got a, like he had multiple, he got tree stands and tripod stands and lines. Like yep, yep. Set up everywhere. And for way for you to be successful with the bows, that you've got to be in the right stand at the, in right, the, time. At the right time. Yep. Yeah, yep. So it's all stand hunting over there. It's not, there's no, none of this spot and stalk. Well, no, like, no, it's not no spot and stalking. Yep. It's very hard to do spot and stalking on such little blocks. Okay. Because you're, you're basically hunting on 40-acre blocks. Oh, okay, so it's only little. Yeah, okay. So, so right, I well, you've hunted this place this day. We'll go to another place I have access to, and you can hunt here. And they're for all day. just 40-acre, wow. Like, if, if a bloke over there owns 100 acres, then, like, he's a big shot. Yeah, so you over here, like, 100 acres, like, I mean, a lot of hunters here, look, you know, oh, 100 acres, oh, that's nothing. 100 acres is nothing, and they, and they go, oh, I won't even bother with that. Yeah, 100 acres is a hobby farm. Yeah, 100 acres is nothing, I won't bother with that. And, yeah, like, that's 100 acres. So, yeah. So that's big over there. Yeah, like, that's big. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, it was just like, it was all, like, and considering the way the, the things are, it's like, 
people said, oh, yeah, buddy, hunting from food, what's hunting from stands? Well, that's sort of the way life is there. Yep. And I, I had a great time. Mm. I should have, in hindsight, I should have taken a fox whistle with me. Oh, okay. So Big, a lot of foxes? Or? No, just because um, coyotes are fair game. Oh, what so you shoot them. Yeah, like they, he's got the rules up up in the in the lodge. Yep, yep. He said, "Oh yeah, I was just, I was just reading through them out of curiosity." He said, yep. "Oh yeah, if you have a hunting license, coyotes are fair game." So is that like a deer hunting license? Like I think deer? I think it's like a general like it's a general hunting license. So you just so when you went over, you just pay for your general license, pay for your tags for for like a a, a buck and a doe. Yep. And then when you pay for that license, like, I mean, you can shoot coyotes and foxes or rabbits. I think, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a bit odd, because like, you've got to have a tag system for everything. Yep. I think because coyotes just because they're varmint. Yep. And, yep. Like, you know, and their breeding patterns are so... Mm. They're so adaptable. So they're, they're like foxes here. Oh, they're, they're like foxes times ten. Oh, okay. from, from my understanding of it, like Because yep. we're a fox here, like our sort of, like, you can sort of, foxes will sort of have like a, a, a low period. Yep, yep. Like you, you get on top of them, then they have a high period where you're just shooting foxes non-stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With coyotes, they sort of like, there's like, they're like quite intelligent and they've got their own way of, yep. of getting around. Oh. Like they can survive on their own. Yep. Or a pair or as a pack. Oh, okay, yep. Like, it's the same as a crow or mm. or people. Yep, yep. Like they, this is the ability, ability that they have. Yep. And so it, they can be in bigger population densities and they, and they handle that fine. Yeah. Yep. And as soon as they start getting sh- shot and start losing numbers, they said, oh, there's barely any coyotes around. We better start breeding up. And I'll uh, start breeding and yep. get, get, get a heap of numbers up. Oh, okay, yep, yep. So they just breed a lot. So yeah. they, they breed to keep the numbers high. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So they reckon the worst thing you can do for trying to control coyotes is shoot them. Yeah? Oh, wow. Well, I suppose they'd only breed up to a certain level if they're, if they're like that and and then maybe switch off. I mean, maybe they're like kangaroos because your kangaroos do that. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they'll breed when, when there's low population densities, they'll breed and they breed heavily and then... You know, and they get to a certain point, and then they stop breeding. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing. Like uh, you see a lot of these these things where they say, "Oh, you know, there's too many kangaroos in this area." So, like, I mean, in this area, they've done that. They've gone, "Oh, there's too many kangaroos near, um, you know, in this area." So they've darted them and gone, "Oh, we're going to move them 100 kilometres." What's going to do? Fuck all. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they've they, they haven't. I guarantee they haven't darted all of them, and the ones that are left. Boom, look, there's food everywhere, and they're just going to breed like no tomorrow. Yeah. And then you have the same problem again. I mean, I had that same same sort of situation with um, a person that I know, really anti-hunting, just really anti-hunting, just you couldn't, not even one of those people that you could have a conversation with about it, like a civil conversation. They're just, no, 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 you're wrong, you're, you know, you're evil you're terrible people, blah, 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 and and and, and she said, oh, why do you shoot goats? Why do you shoot goats? And I said, well, there's too many goats there. She said, oh, why don't you catch half the goats and just relocate them to another area? 
So, um, yeah, why don't you just catch the goats, catch half of them, relocate them in another area, then you've only got half the goats there making the problem. It's like, well, then it doesn't really fix the problem because then the goats are just going to breed up again and you get the same problem again. And then the goats that you've moved are then going to breed up in a new place. You told me something when I first met you that you used to keep tally of all the goats that you shot. I did, I did. You lost count at 800. Yep. So, I feel that's, like, relocating them is not going to help. No. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the place that, that, that I mean, you've been out to, to the properties that I hunt goats on, and there is just massive numbers of goats. I mean, we used to, for, you know, probably four or five years, every weekend, both days, we were out just culling goats. We were hunting them with a bow. We take eight, nine goats, you know, each and we're just culling them hard, and then we're also hitting with rifles, and we were just culling them right out, and just, you know, for four years, we're just culling them and culling them and culling them, and we just, you know, we saw a little bit of a, a drop in the numbers, but then all that's happening is then all the goats are just moving in from other areas. Yeah. And they're just breeding up and moving in. And that's the thing, whereas now we've sort of changed our approach, and, and now... Predominantly just bow hunting we do out there, and I just take a few people out, um, and we go out and we just knock over a few goats, and we've actually haven't seen, you know, the numbers aren't increasing now. You know, we aren't seeing an increase in goat numbers. We're not seeing a decrease, we're not seeing an increase. We're just seeing the same sort of, you know, numbers of goats around, and that's it. I, I think they're just sort of moving out, they're spreading. Yep. Um, I mean, it's probably not really good to be saying, oh, yeah, no, they're just spreading to other areas. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that's sort of what they're doing. They've sort of they got their happy balance, their happy medium, and, and that's just what they're doing. So we don't see a big increase. We don't see big decreases. Whereas when we were culling them heavily, we were just seeing other goats. I mean, you get to know the animals, and you get to know when animals are there, and, and we were just seeing goats we've never seen before. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. And, I mean, I was like, yeah, so... No, I've taken a lot of goats. And last count, I had um, 22, 22 fallow deer I've taken with a bow. Shit. Yeah. So um, I've taken one fallow deer with a rifle. And that was it. And I was down in Victoria. And that was, yeah. And that was basically, um, I was with a, a couple of mates. One of them went, oh, I'm not walking up this hill anymore. I'm going back to the car. And I'll just wait for you to the car. I went, yeah, yeah, sweet, righto. I, and my mate gave me the rifle. He said, oh, here you go. You take the rifle. I'll meet you up at the top of the hill. I just got to go give him his keys. I went up to the top of the hill. Big mob of fellow deer. <laughs> and I just went, oh, well, right, I'll take that one. So I took, took one, and um, and then that was it. And that's the only fellow deer I've ever taken with the rifle. All, all the rest of it is about it. That, um, this went longer than I intended it to go. Yeah. That's why I had to, I had to make How long it, are we going for? <laughs> I had to make a pause there for a second because this app that I use yep. only let me record for an hour. Oh wow. We can talk a lot of stuff, can't we? <laughs> yeah. So then I had to, I had to make you stop, pause it because we nearly did the hour and oh. I had to restart and do another to continue one. I haven't it. even got to what's my trophy animal. What's the ultimate animal I want to hunt? I haven't even got to that. He's thinking all week about that. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, I'll get you to this podcast. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, Carrie, you'll ask me, and then you then you did. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. I already know what my trophy animal is. It's a caribou. Yeah. Caribou. I think everybody that probably knows me and knows that I hunt 
everybody probably knows that I want to shoot a caribou because I tell everybody, oh, caribou, I want to get a caribou. I was, I was planning on asking, asking you that too. Caribou. Because I was feeling like, oh, we're going to run out. The problem I had when I interviewed Adam and I interviewed Ivan and Kimmy yep. was I, I ran out of like, ran out of stuff to ask them. Yep. Didn't I have that problem with you? No, no, I'll just keep talking. (laughs) I think I have that gift from my dad. I think everybody's got a dad like that, and the dad will just talk forever. Oh, there's there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, they just talk, and they can talk about anything to anybody, and they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And, um, yeah, I sort of have that ability. But, yes, caribou. Caribou is my ultimate animal. Very good. Yes. Um. No concluding thoughts or anything? No, not really. I think we've sort of covered most of it. We've, we've covered a lot. <laughs> covered a lot. Taken a lot of deer. Got you your first fallow buck this year. Uh, working on one for Adam. But, I mean, the fallow bucks are still running around too. Oh, yeah. Like now. Like I'm still seeing bucks running around with does. So they won't come into a rattle. Like they're not coming into a rattle. They're not croaking, but they're still running around with does. And, I mean, that's right out. I A few years ago, I was hunting, it was, it was the October long weekend, and I was hunting out in that same place we were hunting this year where you got your buck. And I was coming back down this valley, and I was walking back down the valley, and, uh, and then I just hear this bang, 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 and this doe comes tearing past me with about four fallow bucks chasing her. And they're hammering along. They had no antlers, and they're still chasing this doe. And then I just thought, oh, I'll doe call them and see what happens. And I doe called, and they turn around and run straight back to me. <laughs> and that was like, that was October. The October long weekend. So, technically, always be prepared. Always, always be prepared. Always, always be ready. And when you think it's over, it's not over. You know, you can think, you know, oh, you know, that's it. You know, it's, it's 11 o'clock. Oh, no, it's home. It's not. But no, because, I mean, I've taken, like, a lot of my deer I've taken when you think, oh, no, that's it, it's done, you know, day's done. Get Start getting back to the car. I mean, my first fellow buck I took, we'd hunted all morning, hunted hard, hunted hard, been hunting, you know, really hard for about three weeks, you know, every afternoon, every morning getting out. And then that day um, we are walking back to the car and, and then, lo and behold, there's this fellow buck. 50 metres from the car, just walking up this valley, and then that was my first buck. And, I mean, that was it. We thought it was over. We were walking back to the car. We are ready to go home, and this fellow buck was just walking up past the car. <laughs> you know, so that was my first fellow buck. And I mean, he's nothing. You've seen him on the wall. He's nothing. You know, he's bugger all palm on one side, pretty much a spike is still on the other. I still got him mounted. Yeah. He was still a trophy to me. He's my first fellow buck. You know, so like, I was happy to get him down. A lot of people would look at him and go, oh, you know, that's not much of a trophy. What would you put that on your wall for? When it comes to archery. Yeah, it comes to archery. And, I mean, for me personally, that is a trophy. You know, that's yeah. my idea. I mean, that buck I've got this year, like he is a brute of a deer, but I'm not getting him mounted. Because I may have already forced you to get a red stake mounted. Yeah, because I'm spending like $1,000 getting a red deer done. <laughs> That I didn't tell my wife about to start with. 
called her after it. And I said, oh, I'm just going to go to the taxidermist and see how much it's going to cost. And then I already sort of paid the deposit and everything. He said, well, I've already paid a deposit. You know, I can't take it back now. <laughs> so um, she said, oh, yeah, but why are you getting him roaring? You know, because that's like an extra couple hundred dollars. I was like, well, Katie's got it. <laughs> Katie's got one like that. I want, oh, I want the same. Yeah, like if people that are the hunters or are into hunting mm. have seen that mount, yep. they reckon it's like the coolest thing they've seen. Yeah. People who are sort of a bit eh about it, they look at it, they sort of creeped out but by it. Mm. Like I, I took it in the John yep. and I told him this is what I wanted because yep. it was only a small stag. Yeah. So this is what I wanted. I said, oh, I've never done that before. Mm. This would be interesting. Yep. When I went off and dropped off my fellow, fellow buck to get done, yep. he's got another, he's getting another one done. So I... Just started off with oh, this new thing. this year, is it? Yeah. Yep. So, like, people seem, like, seem to like that raw thing, and that seems to be a common mm. meal that people are getting for the Reds. Yep. All yep. of a sudden. Right. I mean, it looks, oh, like, I'm getting mine done, because, A, yours look awesome. Like, I was like, oh, man, that's free. That's heaps good. Yeah. And also, when I took him, like, there were Reds all around us roaring. They were all roaring around us. That fellow was, you know, roaring and... <laughs> And so that's it. it. It it sort of you know shows the hunt, shows yeah. our all roaring. And when you when I look at him, you know I'm going to have the memories. You know, you remember every deer you take. You remember it. You know, you remember when you took that deer. You remember when you took that buck. You remember when you took that doe. And you remember it all. And then memories you're always going to have. And that's the thing. And, and and you know, so you keep those little you know you keep your trophies. You keep your your European mounts and things like that. And you just remember it. You remember the hunt, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, you've got those memories forever, and, and yeah, you know, that's pretty much as good as you're going to get. Yeah. Being able to get out and hunt and things and being truly free. That's the thing. It's true freedom. You know, that animal shows true freedom. You know, especially deer. I mean, they can jump fences and do whatever they want. They are completely free. They do what they want. You know, they can go where they want and everything. And we will never have that. We'll never have that freedom. But in that moment that you take that animal, you've got that too. You know, you have that freedom. There's nothing else in the world but you and that animal. You know, and that's that's freaking the greatest feeling in the world. Well, I think it's the greatest feeling in the world anyway. I think that is the perfect way to finish up. Yeah. That was awesome. Next thoughts. <laughs> next thoughts. Uh, next podcast coming up. Next thoughts. And next concluding thought. <laughs> oh, th- thanks so much for being on that. This was great. No, it's all right. It's just good to have a have a chat and sort of you know talk about hunting and um, you know that's it. Sort of if you, you know you can sort of reach other people and encourage them to get out and hunt. You know, it's, it's, it's good. And, I mean, that's what your podcast's doing. It's reaching people, you know, people that may not personally know you, you know, and they're, they're listening to it and, and they're getting to know the different people. And, you know, it's getting them out and it's giving them the encouragement to get out and, and get out and see the bush, you know, see Australia. Yep. So, you know, it's good. Yep. All right. Catch us next time.